Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I am unashamed. What about you? I don't know why we have a clock behind us. I don't think well, it's, I thought, on ca- it's not on camera, but there's a clock behind us that doesn't work. <laughs> we put it because Dad had said we need it. Let's put that clock up. And we did, but it, it's stuck on 450. There was some show that Phil used to listen to. It was like a, a preacher, and he would he would preach a sermon. I remember because he would, you know, wake me up at five o'clock in the morning. You know, you ready, Jace? You ready? <laughs> we would go run the nets or whatever. But he would always listen to this pastor. I don't know if you remember this. And at the end of it, he would say, "Well." Looks like the old clock on the wall says that's yeah. all, yeah. y'all. You remember that? <laughs> that was old uh, oh, yeah. Ernie. What's his name? He was a he was a yeah. African American preacher. Ernie something. You remember that old guy? The clock on the wall says yeah. that's all, y'all. So I guess uh, you know we want people to get lost in in time. We were talking about <laughs> falling asleep the other day. So, all right. Well, they've done it again. I wanted to share this with y'all. You see this? You know, somebody heard, one of my buddies heard that the only thing I got for my birthday was uh, a pie, which was from you. Yeah. And I actually, when I went over to see Jeff and Jessica, she, she made me a uh, red velvet cake. So oh, yeah. I got a pie and a cake. Yeah. You get a certain so, age and a man of your stature, Jace, that, you know, doesn't have any money worries or whatever, then you don't really need anything. So that's what, well, just a good pie or a good cake. I don't know about all that. But yeah, I, I was, I was, you know, if my kids love me and my wife loves me, and I mean, I'm happy. So one of my friends got me this. This is a, uh, you know what that is? You know, because they know I'm into metal detecting. You know what that is? Uh, it's got some kind of foreign language on it. Yep, that's Russian. Russian. This is a replica of a token from the 1700s. Now, it's not the real thing, or, you know, right. we would be making more money. <laughs> and if you look at it just right, you see there's a beard on one side oh, I see at that the now. bottom. I can see it. The code's got it pulled up for Now, it. you know what this is? In the 1700s in Russia, they had, they introduced a beard tax. They wanted everybody to shave and look civilized. And if you didn't, because Russia's cold, I've been there. And I know why they had beards. What year was this? In the 1700s. 1750, I think. Yep. And so what? when you paid your taxes, your beard tax, if you had a beard, you they'd give you this. So when you went into town, you it had to show you them that tax. you paid your, paid your tax. And so he got me this for my birthday. But... I'm trying to figure out why is that a birthday gift? Well, what, what came to my mind... Because all it did was make me I mad. Thought, what came to my mind is it explains a lot about Russia because I've always wondered what t- kind of mind ends up following Karl Marx. Now you know. The ones that was say... Was he from Russia? The ones that say you have to oh, yeah. cut your whiskers. <clears throat> I'm like, start with that. you like, what? I couldn't believe it. But that's where... If you notice, these Marxists—they're oh, yeah. into these rules. Well, I was in there thinking we they better love rules. We better not let the Democratic Party find out about this gift, oh, Jay, hey, because this will be the next I'm, tax. I guarantee you, because that's right up their alley. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, because I don't know if it's a Southern thing with the beards, right? But you seem to see it more. No, I tell yeah. you what—you go up and you go up to Wisconsin, it's not a Southern thing, Minnesota. There's some big old burly. Yankees, Midwesterners. Now, what, what would our society do if they said, okay? Because this is, this is real. The text says this, this really happened. Bo- a human body is fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. You know, you read over in the Psalms. You well, know. but then they're going to say, well, you didn't have a beard when you were born. Because, you know, you didn't have any sin either. A lot of <laughs> things happen when you're a little baby in the well, crib. They're probably going to make that argument. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that with, would be with, a weak one. <laughs> with sin, I've just looked. At, I've just looked at males and females, and one of the ways you can tell the difference is 
I'm looking at one, and there's facial hair will get long, and the other one, no, yeah, not so much. A little peach fuzz. We say if they if the women get a little sprig every once in a while, oh. they they got to get that out. Of oh, there. they're looking. <laughs> Any little uh, sprig. I see Lisa. She's looking in the mirror. Any little Any anything, little sprig. It's got to come out. out. Oh, yeah. That's well, what they do. I'm saying. And John, but with this John. crowd, there's now, these days, there's no male and female. It's just. Uh, well. you got to remember the theology and cultures in John 9, they were saying, well, who sinned? He was born blind. So I'm pretty sure they said somebody sinned because hair started growing out on your face. And I don't <laughs> like it. And so if you want that, then you're going to pay a tax. And they did. I mean, they had to pay a tax to have a If beer. I could hire the the, uh, the smooth-faced ones, just hire them for a year and, and let them do everything I do in a year, they would end up saying, I need some whiskers. I said, I know it. <laughs> I said, I'm just face. showing you without saying you should have them. Just yeah. run for one year. Yep. So the cold, the wind, the rain, the dust. I grow mine during hunt season for that reason. Yep. They are better for so, when you're in the elements. So it's the thought that Walsh counts. tend not to sting you because these ground yellow jackets and these purple tail walls, big walls, and as you bump something in a blind, we've been we've we've already Dan just got eat up the other day with purple tails. They stung him. But he don't have a beard. I tell you what or he did. Do. I tell you what he did was yeah. pretty impressive. Dan He's on top of the duck blind because when you brush the duck blind, you start on the top because it's high. Because if you put it on the bottom and the sides, you can't get over the brush. You just put right. on it to get up there. So you got to kind of so work we get him on down. top first, and we're kind of like that spears throwing them up, and he's placing them up there on that roof under some of that last year's brush. So there was a purple tail walls nest like that. Ooh. He got into them. Well, he's about eight to ten feet off the ground yeah standing up there and they just come out of there and oh. started just eating him up yeah so his his choice was i'll just leap from here and he he just took off and bailed off like he's on top of a skyscraper <laughs> and came down and was except for the wasp was unscathed <laughs> I said, man, I, I'm, I, I said, he, I said, Dan, I, I went around and I looked and see if he was in one piece, and he got up, you know, and I said, that was quite the leap not to get hurt. I said, man, I said, I, I couldn't do that. Well, I, don't, has, I wouldn't try that at well, seventy four. No, you would, you would be hurt. You'd oh, probably still be there. Very, very few men could have made that longer dive. I mean, it was like how tall, way tall on the ceiling. It was up there. He just bailed out. But you know, when a bunch of purple tails are are stinging you, you it's that adrenaline gets you to superhuman. He, they're just stinging him all on the back of his legs, Ooh. stinging him through his britches. And but he, that's not very smart, really. I mean, it's not. They're not going to kill you. And so, why risk? I well, mean, but, I've been in that same situation. But he's been stung four times. But there's like seventy five wasps. So he. <laughs> He's, it, it will well, make him I, ill look, if he I, doesn't get out of there. You know where my deer stand is? I I climbed up there, stuck my head in there. It's before daylight, you know, this warm. And I heard, I kept hearing, bzz, bzz. I didn't know what it was. Well, you, there was felt around the deer stand. And so the wasp had built a nest, I guess, to, you know, keep you cool, kind of like a beard. They're in the felt. Oh, yeah. Well, when they come out and started stinging me, because evidently I bumped the felt. Oh, yeah. I'm, how high is that stand? Pretty high. That's high. It's 10 so my feet. first reaction was to hurry, and then I thought, no, death awaits. <laughs> the alternative is death or paralysis or, take, or you know. Take the wall stand. And I literally took a deep breath, and they were just popping me, and I just... Came on down the ladder, and then I ran. But <laughs> I was like, "There's no option here." I mean, I'm, I'm gonna get a bunch of you know stings. Well, yeah, yeah. But Dad's right. You know, the problem is, you know, those things are pretty toxic. If you get too many, they can make you pretty sick. I had a spider bite me right above my knee about oh three weeks ago. Of course, it just got red while I was just walking in tall weeds. 
Did you uh, see the spider? No, but but I, I was cutting brush. Yeah. So when it first hit, I said either cotton mouth or I said, but I believe it's a little high up for a cotton mouth. So you but, uh, felt I mean, the steam? Oh, I mean, it was it was uh, it was really more than like a wasp. But I thought, well, but man, that thing, I mean, it kind of rotted out a little hole, you know, and you know, and got puffy and red all the what way around. What did the doctor say? Oh, I didn't go to a doctor. I just <laughs> home remedy, Jason. Home remedy. He's but it's it, it, but just it's just on. now got well, and it's which I thought that. I so, it, but it was. I think I just sort of the, the, the I flesh. think I read where uh, it wasn't a brown recluse because their bites are painless, but you get problems later. I think that's right. But we, it, we have brown recluse and black widows. It must have been a black widow. I thought it might have been a black widow because it sure did eat out a I hole think there. I, somebody will let me know, but I, I think the black widow has the painful bite. The brown recluse doesn't. I think I read I that. scrounged around down there, you know, and found some kind of little, put a piece of tape on it, you know, and I'd check it for every three or four days. I'm like, boy, that thing's slow to heal. More people but, die from stings than spider or snake bites. I've been because stung so allergic. Allergic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I've, I've been stung so much that it's just, you know. You, have you, you just built up an immunity, you think? It's <laughs> just like maybe a little more than a mosquito. Not It doesn't bother you hardly at all. It makes me mad. But that one did. That now I said, whew, what in the world was that? Well, I'm in tall weeds about waist high, and I'm just walking through them, you know, with a weed eater, and I'm going over to another willow tree to cut brush, you know. And I, so there's a lot of things around in Louisiana. There's a lot of things in waist high weeds <laughs> that you don't want to get a, <laughs> get a hold of you. It makes me angry. Though. One of them three oh, three foot cotton mouths so with mad. head like I've been picking dewberries before, and I'm just looking down, and I just see a cotton mouth go by. Yeah. I mean, you know, back big around. I'm like, whoa! I get anytime I get popped. <clears throat> which doesn't happen often, but when it does, I go buy me a case of wasp spray, and then I just go on a rampage. I like I kill them as far. I go to other people's kill houses. It's just oh yeah, I mean it's well, a rampage. If I get stung, I have a rule because I've been stung many times. When I get stung, I kill a hundred. That's a spot I, I, and when I get to hundred, yeah, just for general principles, I'm just showing them. <laughs> You sting me, I'm coming. I will I will go down the creek and look for wasp nests What's in the cypress trees. I'm killing a hundred of them. Dan nearly gets stung on every trip. We can just be riding along with a four-wheeler. He's, He's got stung. a lot of flesh exposed. But there is no beard. I think there's he, a certain kind of, and, and a lot of times, yuppie you know, he has like, like looks like uh, it's just pot, red marks for something that's just eating him up. And, and he said, "He said I don't know what what this is on my leg. No poison ivy. No, it, it he just, takes too many showers because but, but I, I, I told him. I said, oh, yeah. Dan, I've been walking in the same <laughs> grass patches and in these these willows yeah. than you are. And I said, I don't have one red mark. And he said, I cannot figure it out. But when you but shave, the, look, when you shave and you shave your head." And then you wear cologne and you shout when you go out in the woods. Remember the well, film that's crew? A prime oh, you're you're a neon. Remember sign. the yeah. film crew? They all came Same out. Same thing. Oh, right. And look, they Same went thing. to the hospital because they said something is is out in these these woods. <laughs> One of them went to the hospital because of red bugs. And I was like, "Those are red bugs," and they're like, oh, "Chiggers, no. chiggers, yeah, chiggers, yeah, chiggers." But a sugar, I'm immune to. They the thought they were dying because they had, you know, they thought they had polio or something. I think I the like, bathing, no. bathing too much is you come up with something. Well, in cologne, you know, and they wear, you know, fabrics of clothes. It's that like you're walking around on the property with a neon sign that says "Hurt me, attack me." No, attack me. they they were from L.A. and New York, and the little girls, you know, they come out there. And we were all out there. Remember when we used to do them film shots outside? Man. Well, you can just imagine what's running around in Louisiana if you walk through that. And but they got their little, little short shorts. They were showing their little legs, you know. <laughs> I looked at them when they walked out there. I said, yeah. That ain't going to last. I said, they fixing to find out the hard way. I thought the same thing. You better wear long britches. You notice the ones that's hung around for a while, they come out long sleeves, oh, long I mean, pants. Through the weeks, you know, because I noticed that too, their legs became so... I mean, almost nauseating. It looked bad. Yeah, it looked like they had just been beaten. Oh, <laughs> bitten! They just descended on them. And I'm like, so my thinking was, city dwellers come to a place like this. I'm convinced there's some kind. If you're born and raised 
and and you're out there a lot, there's some kind of a God has built built some kind of system where you become immune. Because I've seen it so. too well, much. I, I, I mean, think I've that seen a you, lot of people. You've run that, the property so long. You're like the world's most interesting man. Remember, the the insects won't buy them out of respect. Yeah, you know. Dan told me that. I said, "You reckon?" He said, "He said I don't know. I, I'm the one getting stung every time I come down there. Or he's bitten got a lot of something. flesh. He's got a lot because he wears the muscle shirt, so he's got exposed arms. But he's a uh, by nature, he's just light skin. Yeah. Light skin would seem to have the most trouble. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, real. You know, people. Blondes, blonde-headed, true blonde-headed people. You know, red, red, redheads too. Yep. Yeah, he said you got a little red in your. I used to. Past. It's getting a little gray now. That's what happens with red. Let's take a break. So one of uh, one of my favorite sponsors is a, a company called Omega XL that um, have a inflammation reducing natural. Supplement, I guess is what you would call it. From the, the end of inflammation. The end the, of the inflammation. Omega. Omega XL. That's bigly. We're doing this bigly. And uh, Dad and I have been on it for a while. I mean, it's amazing. And uh, what's funny is, Dad, so the other day, Lisa said, you know, she got to looking around. Her mom years ago, like, you know, before she, her mom's been dead a few years. So she, she said, you got to try this stuff. It's really helped me with inflammation and so she went in there and dug in a cabinet and it was a bottle of omega xl so that's been around a long time it's been around a long time because it's been in my medicine cabinet i never even knew it was there i was like well did you ever take it and she said no I, you know i thought mom was crazy she didn't know what she was talking about i said well she was right about this one so basically 35 years of uh, clinical research these guys have been doing um to come up with this uh, omega xl it's really good like i said it's natural um helps it helps me a lot and it's helped dad as well so we want to now, I'll give you a chance to give it a try. It's it, all from mussels? All from mussels in the pristine waters of New Zealand. Fish oil. Fish oil. That's right. We're a mussel oil. So you go to omegaxl.com slash fill. That's omegaxl.com slash fill. And you order a bottle. You get your second bottle free. So it's a pretty good deal. You can also give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So anyway, <clears throat> I don't know where we, uh, how we wound up there. We started out. I was in talking Russia. about beards. Beards are good. <laughs> and then we wound up talking about Dan getting popped. Did you didn't laugh at him? Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Once he was. <laughs> Why I is mean, it funny some... too? And it is when somebody else. You know, you're just sitting there and look. A man's on. Top I get of mad about it. A man's <laughs> way up on top of. A, uh, a it just runs and leaps off, and you just see him fly off the top of it. I didn't know what he was doing, but I said he's going to fix and get hurt. I walked around out of look. I said, "What in the world would make a man do that?" Walls. And then he was he was trying to kill him because they didn't got up in his britches. Oh, oh yeah, man. <clears throat> it makes me hurt just thinking. But about it happens it. so yeah. much. I there's just something about him. They're drawn to him because he's been stung way more than me. Yeah, but I just see how he walks around in the woods, and I think. He's in trouble. See, if it He's were not me, looking, you know? if it were me, I would never get up on top of a duck blind <clears throat> without a can of hornet spray. Well, I'd I noticed. would come armed. Phil always sends him in first. He's <laughs> oh, yeah. like, "Hey, go in there," but he's not thinking. Dan, you tell me that. Dan I'm is like, the canary. The code is the young ones send them in first. <laughs> no, Phil, your code is anybody but me. Dan is the canary going into the cave. That's that's what he is. He's checking to make sure that we don't have a gas leak. You so remember when we did that show? He gets show up in there and it comes back up under the floating, them old logs, oh my, my blinds float on logs. But I sent him up under there. But I've literally seen him go in one, go in, and on the other side, I see a couple of cotton mouths come out. You remember when we had the experiment? Drain pipes down there. You you get up in there, getting all that mud for the beavers put in there. And I've been standing. I always get on the top of the pipe, you know, on the levee. And I'm watching. I just see a couple of cotton mouths come out. You remember the exterminators that came down that had the TV show? Billy the exterminator. Yeah, he came down there. It was middle of summertime. Oh, it was hot. Phil, the main blind we have called the lake blind, it's it's the size of a lot of people's houses. It's it's about 1,000 square feet. And nobody had been in there the whole summer. And they were like, yeah, we're going to. You know, we have an idea. We're going to exterminate your blind. And remember, Phil was like, well, good luck with that. And they're like, hey, we're. I've never we're, seen individuals. <laughs> When that episode ended, they they said, well, what was the name of it? 
Billy the Exterminator. Yeah, Billy the Exterminator. Yeah. And they, they had on on They always say mission on the show, accomplished. It said mission aborted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because look, we were all standing outside, which I had never seen that before. We watched some of their episodes waiting on yours to come up. And every mission was accomplished except that one, which was. I that. went down there the evening before they were going to come, and I walked up there real easy on that blind. The backwater had just fallen off, and back in there where we put our boat, there was a couple of mud puddles. And I walked up there, <laughs> and I saw one cottonmouth kind of hanging on the side of it out there. I said, mm hmm. <laughs> I moved to the left a little bit. There were two crawled up under that boat run. I said, yeah. I said, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, so I, and I knew that when they went in there. But I said, "Now look, we got cotton miles, You got you got purple tail wasps. Ants. You got purple tail wasps. Fire but, but ants. They weren't. They weren't listening. Black, they were like, oh, we're professors. Yeah, and we, the producers, yeah, they yeah, were professors. We, we, we got it. We got. And look, when they went in there, they literally started screaming and hollering. <laughs> and I looked over. Whoever it was, me, you, and somebody else. But Willie, Willie was there. I said, I hope they have a beeper. Because I have never heard so many four-letter oh, words the expletives. and That's screaming the... and hollering. And what <laughs> the, the, I look, he had big welts all yeah, over yeah. his face. The show thought... ended with <laughs> they were just running, all of them. <laughs> A producer said. I, said. I said, oh, he'll be all right. And they said, he's allergic to him. He's allergic to him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the brother that was allergic. And I thought... Who if if they're allergic to wasps? Why are you an exterminator? I mean, well, that's but the they wrong... didn't. Phil was trying to tell them, <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, we got it." I mean, but they didn't get it. I no. thought if you go in there Ooh. without, you need to set this up. What they they were didn't like, know no, we're is, just going in. I, I went around the cotton miles, got up easy, <laughs> does it in the blind, and I looked at the roof of the blind, and I could see these purple tail wasps like that. And look, I said. This is going to be a lot of fun. And boy, did I ever send them like, in it. And well, I mean, they ate them up. I told the guy before he went in, I said, you, you're going to want to cover your face up, not much your eyes. And he yeah. said, we got it. I was thinking, what an idiot. He said he was on his knees spraying spraying some wasps down here where we sit on the bench. And he said he just heard a big racket. And look, he just looks up and, and they just... I mean, just well, I they took face. him to the hospital. He went to the, oh, yeah, he had to go and, to the and spent the night. Yeah, he spent so, a night in, in the hospital. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Mission well, aborted. <laughs> so we heard the story uh, that we weren't there. So y'all yeah. told us the story. So we had already laughed so hard about it. So when the episode actually came out, like, because you didn't get near as much of what y'all got. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> it would, but you're right. Beep, 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 beep. It was the whole thing. They basically beeped out the last And three. they didn't even film most of it because right. they were scrambling. The, the camera ops, everybody they were scrambling was, for their lives. Everybody was running. It was literally every... They it would have been that. a great episode if they could have filmed it, but well, they, yeah. if we'd have had another crew filming that film crew, then you would have had some. I mean, you know, they were in the lion's den. So that was actually pre-Duck Dynasty... And Billy the Exterminator was on A and E, and so you and Willie appeared on the episode, and then I think it came out yeah. later once we had already started. So it was almost like mm-hmm. a crossover episode. Yeah. But it was, it was <coughs> but, funny. But the bottom line is, funny. every year we have to do that. Every year, yeah, we gotta have to get all the wasps and the cotton. Well, because around. we when we start hunting in September, all this is still is still hot. All this is still yeah. around. So you know the things that can really hurt you. The fire ants can get out of. Oh, oh, I'd I say they're the they're the most consistent pain deal because you don't the first day it's a zit everywhere they sting you right but the, but on opening day you you're in a dark place where you sit down you don't realize you're sitting on an ant bed yeah you right. come in before daylight so you well, wait for it to get you, daylight so the walls these uh, fire ants are getting up and all of a sudden. They just get there, up, you know, in your socks coming up the edge of By your the legs. thousands. Oh, oh thousands. <laughs> and they have their little code because they wait till they got about a 500 on you for the first one strikes. See, oh, somehow they know that. Yeah. You know, if the first one bit you, you, you'd have a... That's actually a zit for about late. two weeks. I mean, it's about a two-week... Uh, We've talked about this before, but people find this hard to believe. But when the backwater comes in, and we've been hunting late in the year, and you're out wading around, I've seen fire ant balls as big as a beach ball just drift by just drift well, by i've it, shot them you know by the hundreds because oh, yeah. when i get in a 
an ant bite me, I go kill my hundred. <laughs> they claim I just a, I just a, blow them with a shotgun. That's a new Kaboom. phenomenon. Used to not have fire ants, but boy, we have them now. Somebody it's, brought them over here. So Al, where were we when we were so rudely interrupted <laughs> last week? Well, let's uh, let's take a little break and then we'll dive in. So one of the things that's uh, happened because of the pandemic is there's been a lot more stuff going on online in terms of business. You know, now there's Zoom meetings. In fact, I, I figure it's probably going to change the way corporations go forward because they figured out people could be at home and work and probably, you know, a lot less money for having offices and all the upkeep of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of and do more. And do more, right, and be happier, you know. So I think it's probably going to change everything. One of the companies that's positioned uh, very well for this is is a group called NetSuite by Oracle. Basically, it's the world's number one cloud business system. So they've got, you know, all your HR, your financials, e-commerce, everything can go through these guys, and uh, and you don't have to worry about it. So uh, we want you to check them out. You don't have to be a huge company, a uh, small company, big company. They've got 20,000 companies. Uh, that trust NetSuite. So uh, we've got a good track record. So you go to netsuite.com. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash fill. You're going to get a free guide. It's called Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. And you also schedule a free product tour. So that's netsuite.com slash fill. Check these guys out. We were in John 11. And we um, on the last couple of podcasts, and we didn't feel like we had quite gotten to the to the core of this thing. We talked a lot about the resurrection uh, part of this the last time, or last couple of times. But there was uh, some other elements that happened here, which I find interesting because it it sort of shows a side of Jesus that you, you don't really see in any other context. Um, I mean, well, it's here. It's it's always been here. It's just it's like people don't notice it i guess maybe so uh just his kind of the compassionate nature of it because it it goes into his how in depth he felt about about mary martha and lazarus well what's always stuck out to me is because here's this situation where he's obviously close to mary and martha lazarus dies he knows that he's like hey i got a plan he knows don't don't, yeah don't, don't worry about it so he knows everything is okay. E- even like at the end of all this, when he when he gets down, if I read the last verse and then we back up, in 1142, he said, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. You know, he prayed. Yeah. So he, he's, he knows everything's going to be okay. He knows God listened to him. He knows what the plan is. He knows he's going to die and be buried and resurrected. But we have a moment here of people he's close to. And then all of a sudden, when he sees his friends moved by the death of Lazarus, they'd have already blamed him. It's very emotional. Well, he, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And then as it, the story continues, he's deeply moved again. It says he was deeply moved right so so he for the tears to fall out of god who's in a human body why would he why why would was it that particular time because he was weeping because of the situation so why why weep well and that i think that is the ultimate question from the context is because it wasn't because you know he had lost a friend because he knew he was fixing to come back Sure. So, like, the reasons we would reason why you would weep, we'd say, well, why even, you know, like you read the verse, we don't grieve like men who have no hope. But the point is we do grieve. And so I think that's the point. The point is to me is that God loves people, Yeah, all people. Maybe yeah. because he, he saw, like, man, the, the fear in them. Right. You know, I've been watching this coronavirus thing, and the thing that stands out more to me than anything else is the fear yeah. that humans have? Well, we have the exact things they can't feel. They can't see them. That's right. I I did a episode in the woods or something where I just made the point. You know, you can't see God. You can't smell him. You you, you can't taste him. Right. And I said, but but you believe in him. And for people to say, well, if I could see him, but you you you, you don't see the pandemic. You don't see the microbes. Right. But but you know well, it's there because of the results of right. what you are. You see the results, and 
And and and that's kind of like saying, well, if I could see God, I might do something. But you know, believing in the resurrection, how could that be? Well, you, well, you you'll believe that there's a virus running around because people end up the hundred and sixty, hundred and forty thousand people have died in the United States. Well, you would think. Now. You say, oh, well, can I got you, something for you. You can see these. You red- can't see it, smell it, feel it, hear it. Nothing. You, you can see the red letters. Well, you, you look it, at them and see them. That's a good point. And you read them, and then you imagine, oh, that was a country on the earth he was at, claiming to be God, and you read what happened. And the more you read them, the more you see. That's one of the right. things I think he might have been saddened about is the fearfulness the human race. They're scared to death right now because of this, for, because of our microbe. They got turned loose on us. In well, China. and again, think about it. You're right, Dad. And, and but the biggest fear, most people know the the facts, the stats of it. It's not going to kill that many people. I mean, I know 160,000. That's a lot of people. But it's, out of 330 it, million well, people, I mean, the, right? You know the percentages, and Jay's mentioned this before. You got other things that kill but way it, more people but than then that. Somebody will say, "Well, yeah, that's not a big deal unless you're one of those." Well, that's my point. So my point is, most people's fear is that it's not going to kill me. But what if I give it to mom or dad right. or grandma or grandpa? I mean, your uh, what would be your aunt, uh, your assistant, who's yeah. Missy's aunt. So she wound up being the one who gave it to her mom. Well, they they think, <clears throat> yeah, they. But well, as a child part. of the resurrection, my view. But I mean that that probably impacted her more than anything, right? Well, it did. She was broken up about it, but she didn't know she had it. Well, that's what I'm saying. So well, the fear in her. My case, view of it is based on <laughs> what we looked at last time with the resurrection. I'm like, whatever. I mean, if he's right. if your time, if your well, that's time's kind of, up, that's been my approach too. But, yeah. but this whole story is the same thing. He got sick. Jesus acknowledged it, and he died. Yep. Right. It, it happens. Yeah. Every so, day. Now, in this case, if you didn't think God is in control and Jesus is Lord, he he proved that he has the power over death. Which what he so, he was there for 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 events like Lazarus died. That's what he came for. What's so What's so stupid about human beings is that after these people see this, the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees, they're like, we need to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah, they double down. What <laughs> part of this are you not getting? It did not. They're like, we, they're hey, like how do you a, kill a guy? Age, it's an age-old <laughs> dilemma because they could not believe his narrative it didn't fit their narrative. That's right. They they had it worked out That's to it. where I think this who are is you? where the idea of zombies and mummies came from. Probably so. Their story. He What's was amazing is they all knew that that they were they 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 believed in the coming Messiah because to this day they're putting prayers in that wailing wall over there in Israel. Mm-hmm. They're putting their prayers up in there. They think God's going to come down. Still waiting on the Messiah. And, and still waiting on him to come. Well. And they're like, who are you? And he said, I was, I'm the one you've been waiting on. Right. And they're like, no. Nah. And we've but talked about that before. It just didn't fit because they're saying, wait a minute, you, 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 where were you born? I mean, and they could track his human roots yep. to a little virgin girl. Like, yeah, yeah, I bet God came out of that thing. Right. So, I mean, they just couldn't quite put it together because he's walking down the road. And they're thinking, that can't be God. He's just Phil, look, some we, nut. And, well, and, remember, and, he was from an area where what good thing comes out of there? What kind of good things comes out of Nazareth? Well, when you, you know? read verse 44 of 11, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. This is the zombie apocalypse. It's the mummy. Oh, it, it, this is it. Yeah. You're sitting there, and uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, and people, you know, Hollywood thought they invented that. No, this was written a couple thousand years ago. We got a dead. That maybe where their idea might have come. Oh, from. Exactly of course, it, it did. <clears throat> and so they're looking around, thinking, "Well, he couldn't have been dead, because your mind is not going to process that." Right. This is a. It's the same way I feel about zombie movies. I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. This because I don't ever watch the previews, you know, of a movie. And then I'm like, oh, it's a zombie movie. 
So there's you don't been watch thousands up. Well, I mean, every once in a while there's you a know, I watched The Walking Dead for a long time, and I finally just I just don't have time to watch it. But what was so interesting wasn't the zombie. I mean, they. But was, why are we fascinated with that? Alan? Well, we just are because dead people walking around. And but the real story behind Walking Dead was the live people. That's where the danger. I mean, the you get bit by the zombie, you turn into a zombie. But the ones you got to watch out for was the rest of them. You know. So this, no so, rules. So why you know, is because we're just yeah because so, all men for the same. So why night. is it right, right. after watching what happened with Lazarus now, you know, so they it, when he finally did when he was raised from the dead, down at the bottom says John and Peter are there, and he said uh, finally the the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, you know, John outrun Peter also went inside. He saw. And believed, and that's that's John twenty verse eight. But it says, verse nine says they still did not understand that from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Yeah, they they're looking. It looked at like the Lazarus thing. If I had been standing there, you would Jace, just Jace was talking about somebody coming out of a hole because yeah, they saw that. I, I, I would be like, okay, I, I think that's all I need there. That did it there. I just heard the story and believe it. So if I had been there, you would think, but they didn't. They didn't. I know they still it. missed it. Let's uh, let's take another one. I think there's a few points that come out of this. One is when when people hurt, even though God knows everything's going to be okay, he 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 has compassion. He hurts with you, right? I mean that's a. That's a powerful point. I, I think another thing that comes out. I mean, of this, it was just straight. His his tears were just compassion. Well, that's uh, what he knew. Everything was going to be he, fine. So he, why, I, why is gr- he shedding tears? I agree with that, Jace. Because when I first started preaching, obviously one of my responsibilities pretty quickly <clears throat> was marrying people and doing funerals. I mean, that's what pastors and preachers do. And so, first time I had to do a sermon for a funeral. I mean, I just kind of had to walk it through in my mind. I thought, you know, to this group of people. Whoever this person was, you know, they loved deeply. <clears throat> a lot of times I wouldn't even know this person. I knew somebody that was connected to him. But I, so I approached every one of them like this is one of the most important points in these people's lives because, mm-hmm. like, they lost somebody they loved deeply. There's somebody's grandma, somebody's dad, somebody's son. And so I always tried to put myself in the mode. And one of the texts I love that helped me get motivated for that to never remember to just be callous. Oh, I got another funeral. You know, I think maybe if you're in the funeral home business, you know, you're constantly with people. It's hard not to have a comforting heart, you know. And 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 3 through 11, is one of my favorite texts where it talks about the God of all comfort. And Paul basically says, all the stuff we've experienced, the reason it happens to us is so that we can then be compassionate to other people. He, you know, that's that kind of flow. So I think about that when I think about this text. And I remember, Dad, <clears throat> of all the moments of the show, the one that probably touched me the deepest, and we had a lot of them. Mia's speech was one that, you know, I, I cried. Yeah, but, I was going to say. But, but the one where Dad was praying in Theresa's house. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dad, you wept. I mean, like, you started praying. It was the final yep. prayer. Yep. And then you just, you broke down. Well, I mean, it was just like a cascade, but what it well, was. Well, because Phil doesn't, I mean, I, I haven't seen you cry, but maybe a handful of times. Twice, <laughs> two or three. And look, I was the same way. You brought up Mia. I was never an emotional person. But the, when Mia was born, and we were worried about what she was going to look like, what her condition was, there was a few moments there where they thought she wasn't going to live. Well, I lost it. And and part of it was because I thought, you know, felt bad for thinking what she's going to look like. Or Now, all of a sudden, I'm just like, I just want her to live. You know, yeah. forget all that. So I came out to tell everybody that's where I lost it. There was like 50 people out there all supporting, you know, we're having a baby, and I mean, I lost it. I remember that. And ever since that happened, I would be emotional about different things along the process. Even though most of what I did, I knew it was going to be okay. You know, the first time we handed her off for her first major surgery wasn't that she was going through surgery. It was the actual handoff. There was just something happened. 
Yeah. And I, I, it reminds me of this. It was, I knew she was, it was literally okay. hand off. She, it was out of your hands. It was out of my Sorry. control. And I thought this is what's best. But that moment right there was very emotional. Right. And so I've shared that before because, you know, one of the big things I see out of this is most religious gatherings that you go to, in general, there is a lack of emotion. And when you read something like this, as much pain and as much, you know, problems that we have in all our churches, especially big churches, it just doesn't seem to fit. It's like a routine where people are gathering and everybody says they're great. And then you read something like this. I mean, why why would he be having this kind of emotional response response when he knew everything was fine? Well, exactly. Uh, And I would ask you, Dad, so why did you weep in that prayer in that moment? I don't know. See, and I don't either. And so, but something moved you to the point, that whole episode, which, by the Mm -hmm. way, it's, you know, we talk about reality TV not being real in a lot of cases. But in this case, we literally were giving uh, one of our sisters uh, a home. And she didn't know that the producers kept it from her. And so her son. Well, we told the producers, we're going to do this. You're right. welcome to film it. That's right. And there was a few episodes like that, right. and they kind of filmed from the distance. Because one of our sponsors was Clayton Holmes, and they provided the home, you know, and I think you guys put some money in too. Yep. So, but I think my theory is, Dad, that in that moment of when we were thanking God, which is all those prayers you did and we all did were for real. Those weren't, you know, those weren't staged things for a show. In that moment of realizing this generosity and what this family we had walked with our whole lives, I mean, it kind of overwhelmed us all. But I think yeah. when you wept, it just opened the floodgates well, up for it, all it, of us. And know? look, and on those films, uh, a few times, you know, they only filmed that once, and it was always wide. Like when we did the Mia thing, right. Missy said that. Yeah. She's like, we'll do this once. Yeah. Y'all, I remember telling the camera people, you know, yeah, it's her yeah, daughter. I don't know how, why I cried because we were giving her the house. It was wow. just the. It I was think the. It was a Christian thing to do. I think and so. It, That's what I'm saying. It was just. It was so empathetic. She was so happy. She in was that so neighborhood. Thrilled. That was the finest house oh, down it, there. It is. Still is probably. You know. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was good. Hebrews five seven says, during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions. Now notice this: with loud cries and tears. To the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. And I brought this up before. Most people, when they hear the phrase reverent submission, they're thinking a lack of emotion. No, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, if you say, hey, you're not being reverent, you're not submitting to. But he, he redefined it in our mind from what we think of normally being reverent with loud cries and tears as he prayed but you let somebody get up and pray with loud cries and tears in some of our churches and it would make people feel uncomfortable you know in our church we're fortunate where people do that sometimes i mean they they they're emotional people and they're moved and they're you know we we kid about a guy who we all love (laughs) his name is kurt he just operate he's a loud crier and shouter he just a way is ways wired. One and of our podcast listeners who watches live stream uh, sent me a note after Sunday and said we needed to have Kurt on our podcast. Yeah. So oh, that would be brother. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, going back to the, the it oh, all by the started. Way. It all started when 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 Jesus said, "No, oh, he, he, he's asleep. He'll be okay. He's just asleep." Said something about sleep, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you get over there, everybody about once a week needs to read the all of 1 Corinthians 15. He said, listen, I'll tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but and he's talking about the resurrection. Yep. But we will be changed in a flash, which makes sense to me, uh, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. He's talking about a different tent. We mentioned tent last time. Well, this is your eternal house here. 
For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. And this whole thing about Lazarus was a demonstration of that, and Jesus knew it. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? You got to remember, you know, the he too shared in our humanity this so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. You say, oh, this, this whole thing about, you know, how come y'all, you know, crazy enough to follow Jesus? Well, we're talking uh, mortals becoming immortals. You see what I'm saying? Al? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't care what anybody says. You say, if you had a shot at that, I saw how hard it was for them to believe the one that said he could do this, and they were eyewitnesses of the miracles and everything else. And to this day, 2,000 years later, without seeing strange sights from being with somebody like Jesus, watching what he did and what he said, and but it's still a hard sale. But it looked like to me it, it'd be an easier sale. Well, you'd think so, but again, I just we saw how blinded the people were that actually saw it happening. So oh, it, I'm know. sure. Look, when he he so he goes to the grave and he's like, you know, it says he said in a loud voice, "Where's that at?" Forty three there. So he hollers. He's like Lazarus. Yeah, come out. Like he's now, waking him now, up. Now I wonder how many people standing there rolled their eyes. <laughs> we we let's just say we all go. Let's go to the graveyard. Okay, yeah, you yeah. die. Where where are you? Well, look, come on with me. We go up there and I I start hollering. You know, Jesse, come out of there. Come out. I mean, you're like, really? <laughs> that, that's what they were thinking. Think about they, those few seconds of waiting, yeah. or however long it took. Before all of a sudden he comes walking out. That's I'm, why I just I have to imagine he's like, <laughs> well, he's all wrapped up. Well, he said take his grave clothes off. That's where I got that. So I, I was like he's trying to talk or just and his mask you know, covered up. Yeah, because they probably wrapped him pretty tight. I'm oh, sure they did. And I so mean, that's and why put I the said burial it, stuff on the smelling stuff. So he's a zombie. And by the way, this is not the only time. There's another time Jesus wept. Um, when he was coming into Jerusalem, remember the triumphal entry? Well, yeah. And he and he wept over Jerusalem. He said, "Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem." Well, that's he knew. why I read that he he was an emotional person. He and, was. and the reason and I wanted to bring that up because that we should have that should be there. For I all. didn't I didn't tie I didn't get make sense of this until I studied worship for a couple of years, and then I realized no wonder God said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." Somewhere in your heart, soul, mind, and strength, there's some emotion there. Yeah. And God created this this way. And it's okay. And Jesus himself displayed that many times. There's always two options, it seems. After it was all over, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary, and she's the one who got this thing rolling about Nazareth, and had seen what Jesus did when he said, Lazarus, they put their faith in him. But... And it's always a but, nearly. It's always. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Mm -hmm. Now listen to this response. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. I mean, what are we accomplishing there? Here's this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone's going to believe in him. Then the Romans... We'll come and take away both our place which, and our nation. Which, we'll lose our country over there's it. There's the problem. That's that's <laughs> the prism they were looking at. It is. It was only about the physical nation of Israel. And they hadn't lumped into miracles. The same like, thing he, goes on right now in America. Right. You know, we're going to fool around. These Bible thumpers are going to run the country. Right. We're gonna, it's it's, it's, we have an election coming up, and it basically is the forces of evil. Against the forces of God. I, I mean, any way you slice it, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, How could you boy, oh Satan! Satan's got them rallied together now. <laughs> That's why earlier, no God earlier, in the Democratic well, platform. I mean, when I say none, none, yeah. no, they will not mention him. They booed him out here seven or eight years Dropped ago. Him out of the pledge. Yeah. Yep. You remember earlier when we were studying, and they said they were they saw his miracles, and they're like, oh, we're going to make him king by force. And it's the same concept here. The only reason they would 
want him around is if they could use his miracles to make them look good. Manipulate him. Yeah. Manipulate and if him. that doesn't fit in with their narrative about their place, which when I, I read that too, I thought, how, how much, how many arguments do we have at our places of worship? Oh. Don't come in here and disrupt this. <laughs> and here they are seeing Jesus Christ, son of God, you know, Bring back a guy from the dead. And they're they're like, don't mess up this place. They're acknowledging that he's really performing the miracles. And then they have a meeting and say, we're going to do something with this guy. Exactly right. And and what happens is in the context, because we're almost out of time, the context of to end John 11 is they go, this is a point of no return for the Sanhedrin and the leadership in here. So once we get to chapter 12 and start going the rest of the way, they've turned the corner now. He's got to die. I mean, they've been kind of back and forth, and maybe we're convinced. What are we going to do about the people? But they turned the corner here. Well, this chaos this is the had, had made a prophecy. Well, he's which, the high priest. Who was been the high through priest? Through God, that someone was going to die for for the nation. So that's they're right. like, "Well, that's him." That's right. And okay. they and their thought was, "We need to kill him, or else the Romans are going to take this." So that, that was their mindset. Yeah. And what they never knew, of course, is that you don't kill God. Well, and, he but he said, himself. you do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. That was their logic. That's right. It was like, we don't want to upset any of our traditions and what we do. Just kill that guy. This guy's got to go. We'll make him a martyr and we'll rally around him. This is just how, how people work. That's when exactly you, when right. you boo God out of your political party. You've killed him in your mind. You're saying, nah. Don't need him. Don't need him. Which which explains Marxism because you can't have God in that mindset. I bet some of them think if they sat down and, and they, if they just could suffer through it, hearing us discuss Jesus, the resurrection, what would they say, Al? What, what would they think of us? Well, you know, and, and you asked the question before your, before theft, you know, have, can, have you ever converted a left winger? That was your question to me. But now we know. That some can be. Old John from San Antonio, you know, he, he's but, a. But, but, but it ain't a lot of them. <laughs> over the last 50, 45 years. Not many. Uh, not many. That's exactly well, you right. You better stick with Jesus. That's if you exactly want that right. Time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.